Up next on NHL Fantasy on Ice, Pete and Davey show up for the Friday and Saturday slates. Davey is handing out winners like hotcakes. Will it continue? Let the guys line your pockets. Best bets, value plays, and DFS advice is next on the Friday show. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday to you. Davey Satz and Pete Jensen here. No Robbie Reese, but we carry on here Friday morning. Small Friday slate, Davey. Big Saturday slate. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. There's only two games today. It's Friday, but we got a lot to dissect here. Oh, for sure. And we got the Dallas Stars in action on Friday night. But before we get to that coaching change and the early uh, returns of that one, we got to react off the Sharks last night. They led in the third period. They had some energy, and then they crumbled defensively. Uh, your takeaway from that first look at Bob Bugner and how this thing is moving forward. I mean, it looked like the same old Sharks to me. Third period, it they did. just crumbled. Martin Jones was not good again. The goaltending was an issue. The defense, hopefully for them, Bugner turns it around. You know, it was one game, but I thought they would show up more than they did, especially knowing how they do in those third periods. Right. They had one practice under the guy, but it still doesn't change their shortcomings. And I was really thinking more yesterday when I was watching that game, watching the penalty kill. They allowed a power play goal in the game, I should note. Uh, so they weren't perfect. But think about penalty kill success. You have to ratchet up the intensity. You have to ratchet up the defensive play uh, to be able to achieve that. And then five on five, it's like the motivation isn't the same. Uh, the level of uh, trust in your teammates. It's like too many individuals, and that's why they don't have even strength success. And Davey was funny. He was texting me last night. Hug the post, Martin Jones. Martin Jones needs to be better, right? I mean, Panarin, we know how great of a shooter he is, and that was a really tiny hole that he got that puck in. But Martin Jones, cut off the angle. I mean, I'm not a goalie. I've never played goalie. But if yeah. you're square to the post there, that's that's an easy save, and the game is still tied, or you're only down one. So, I don't know. Hopefully for them, the defensive Boogner cleans up some of those defensive issues because if not, it's going to be a long, long rest of season. I was at least g glad to see Tomas Hurdle break a nine-game goal drought after I picked him. Uh, so there's a little uh, success there. But, yeah, Sharks need bigger things uh, to be able to get back into the playoff hunt. So back to Dallas. So Dallas plays Vegas. Vegas is on the second of a back-to-back -back on Friday. So far, so good, really, under a bonus in his first game. Shutout for Ben Bishop. And Ben Bishop is our number one goalie yet again in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, it's only one game, and it was against the Devils, so I don't really know how much true, stock true. We, we can put into that. But I'm actually looking f ahead to Saturday's game because Dallas plays Nashville, which is a little preview of the Winter Classic. Mm -hmm. Those teams met in the playoffs last year. They, they really don't like each other. They're kind of developing a rivalry. So I'm not sure if, they, if they'll wake up for tonight's game or they're going to look more Friday night's game or they're going to look more ahead to Saturday. But that's a game that I'm interested in tomorrow, Nashville-Dallas. Oh, for sure. Winter Classic preview. I love it. That's a great matchup. And then for tonight, I think uh, if you're building a DFS lineup, you have to take notice of what Miro Haskinen has done this season. I was looking at his points per game compared to John Klingberg. It's no contest. Test. And actually, if you don't know, if you don't watch the stars very much and you play fantasy, he is on the first power play unit probably to stay, right? Because uh, they haven't been clicking on the power play. And then since he's been there, they've been uh, playing a lot better. I think he's there to stay for a while. For me, the only issue with Dallas is I don't know what kind of game bonus is going to play. You know, instilling them is—is right. is he want them to run and gun? Is it more defensive? Yes, they won that game two nothing against the Devils, but I'm not really sure. 
if they're going to be high scoring or not. So this is next few games to me will show a lot about what we can expect for them. And reminder, definitely check out the recent interview from yesterday. Rick Bonus was on At the Rink with Sean Rourke and Dan Rosen. Go check it out. Really good listen for the new coach. And, uh, yeah, Dallas uh, has its work cut out for it, no doubt about it. But I'm looking for bigger things. We didn't really mention it as a collective unit, but we saw a pulse from Joe Pavelski the other night scoring a goal, and he plays on that second line. I think as long as it's the second line of Pavelski, Radulov, and Rupe Hints, it's only a matter of time before those three collectively start to get going. I agree with you there. You know, the, some of the lines were changing a bit early. The three guys who usually play together. More than a bit, w- right? Weren't, but, <laughs> right, it was a little, during that losing streak there, some of the lines you're saying, why is, you know, Pavelski on the third line, whatever it was. But right. I agree with you. If they can stay together for a few games, get that chemistry, maybe we'll see the Pavelski of old. Is there appeal in Vegas here? Because Dallas is so good at home. And I was looking, they have the fewest home goals allowed per game in the NHL. So between Bishop and the defense, uh, you expect some structure uh, to stick under the new coach. And just their home record is amazing. So uh, they're big favorites here. I would say there is some appeal in Vegas, especially because if you look at the other game, it's New Jersey, Colorado. We know no one's taking any devils in that one. So if you play, you're probably going to stack Colorado players. And McKinnon, those guys are expensive. Guys, let's be honest here as far as tonight's slate goes. And I'm going to move you guys along real quick to the Saturday slate. If you're playing DFS... This Friday night with the two-game slate, I don't even know. Is it possible? Do they it's have contests? It's technically possible. You need more than one game to do it. So Okay, well, you, you really... Can, but you've okay. probably taken a lot of Avalanche and maybe Ben Bishop. Right. If you're spending <laughs> your time playing DFS tonight, God help you. Really? We, of course, appreciate <laughs> your interest in hockey, but you know what? I suggest two-game slate, really, really tough to figure out DFS. Just get ready and raring for the Saturday slate, as far as I am concerned. Two-game slate in DFS is nearly impossible to break. It's true. You'd probably need to like go heavy on the Devils and have some crazy stuff happen, and nobody else rosters those guys. Uh, so we'll carry on to Saturday. But I did want to mention uh, the Avalanche have the have the most players in our top 200 rankings this week with 10 double digits. That's hard. This isn't the top 250. It's top 200. We added Pavel Fransu and also Ryan Graves. So thoughts on the avalanche before we move to uh, Saturday. Well, there's another guy that I'm sure is not in the top 200, but how about Matt Calvary? He's got points in four straight. If you had this guy nice. as, a, as a cheap option in DFS the last couple games, you probably did well. But you're right. There's so much depth there. They have it on the defense. They have it in goal with, as you said, Francois was in. Grubauer was in the top ten for a while, goalie ranking. So right. you're right. They're they're probably the most consistent team. And for DFS, you can get a guy in the third line there, and he's going to chip in for you. And they still have injuries. I mean, Kadri just came back, had an assist the other night on Wednesday against the Flyers. But like you mentioned, Grubauer is still day-to-day. Kale McCarr is still day-to-day. So if you have these guys in your season-long leagues, plan accordingly. Check up until puck drop. No nonsense. You know, set your alerts on and make sure that you have the right roster move because, uh, you know, that's on you. As we were saying about Saturday, I think there's 14 games on the slate. There's a lot of games that are, I think, Davy Watch games. But <laughs> if we go to Buffalo Islanders, for me, I was circling that one, and I said, I don't know what's going to happen here. Am I taking Eichel because the guy's on a 15-, 16-game point streak? Or am I taking the Islanders goalie because they just don't allow goals? I don't know what to do there. I was thinking about that, too. If any team is prepared and able to shut down a long point streak, it's probably the Trots, Corn. 
Grice, Varlamov, um, you know, that situation and how well they're playing because they swept the Florida uh, two-game trip. Really impressive victory for them. Uh, I think the Islanders, uh, you know, they're pretty much unbeatable when they score three-plus goals, which is really worthwhile for uh, betting purposes. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Sabres are also playing exceptionally well. So it's really a great watch game. Rasmus Dahlin came back, and there were big implications there. He already had an assist in his first game back. And besides Eichel there, Joanne Larson, he's got nine points in eight games. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to spend up for the Jack Eichel, here's a guy on Buffalo who can maybe help you out. But as you mentioned in that Florida trip, what, they allow like three goals to the high-scoring Panthers and Lightning? I mean, that's pretty impressive on yeah, the road. Yeah, it's crazy, so for sure. That's a that's a tricky one tomorrow where I would say it might be worth staying away from the Sabres. And I, I kind of liked Bob's appeal last night, but – the Islanders scored two power play goals in the game. I mean, when was the last time that happened? You don't have to be a stats guru to know that it's been a long time since that's happened. So props to the Islanders for uh, showing some uh, guts on their power play and finishing off the Panthers. I mean, right now that Atlantic division, the Panthers are playing the Bruins on Saturday. Uh, the Bruins are reeling. They've their five-game winless streak. The Panthers are struggling to get points right now. I was looking the division, the Atlantic division, is arguably the worst of the four right now. It's pretty hard to imagine that when you look at it last year. You'd say it's could yeah. have been, you know, besides the Senators and Detroit, this could be the deepest division. And the Lightning are what, in like fifth or sixth right now? But the Boston-Florida game tomorrow, I was thinking about this. Is that a game where I want to take Boston's top line again? I mean, Pasternak has, what, one goal in like six games? But I just, I don't know. I think, like you said, Bobrovsky's been playing better Boston struggling besides yesterday Florida's been playing well so maybe tomorrow's the night to stay off the Bruins and get the Panthers I think maybe you build the rest of your lineup uh, leaving yourself some salary flexibility and then whichever one fits the best whether it's Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, Krug try to get one of those in against Florida and try to get a Panther in as well because they have great stacking options uh, you know, teams out there are going to stack uh, from each of these teams, maybe both. So you have to get at least a tap of exposure to these two teams. Well, what's interesting for me is with 14 games, it, it might be a day where I'm not actually going to stack two guys on a team because there's so many. You have 26 teams to choose from. Is yeah, it, yeah. Is it worth to. maybe choosing 10 guys from 10 different teams? I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> sure. But that's how I would lean because, as we mentioned yesterday, you know, in the Penguins Blue Jackets game, I think Rob had four Penguins and what they didn't they scored one goal and it was in overtime. So if that happens, you know, you're out already. So I'm not sure. I think tomorrow I would go with no stacking for me. Got it. So for goaltending, one of your top options if you're doing a contest including the Saturday matinee at the Coliseum between the Sabres and the Islanders, Linus Allmark, how does he stack up to the pack? Because he's now in the top 25 goalie rankings this week and has been one of the hottest goalies in the league. So is he the real deal goalie master? You know, we looked at the beginning of the season. I think Hutton was, what, 5-1 and one or something. He took off, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's Linus Allmark. I think he is the real deal. Buffalo's going to struggle soon, but when you have a guy like Eichel, Darlene, these guys who are contributing, they score three goals, and that's a win for the guy. So he's a good option for you tomorrow. Like you said, that's probably going to be a low-scoring game. But for me personally tomorrow, I'm looking at Detroit, Montreal, whoever the Canadians throw out there, whether it's the rookie Primo or it's Carey Price. Detroit finally ended that streak yesterday. I mean, I don't see them winning. So tomorrow personally, I would go with Montreal's goalie and build my lineup around that. 
Got it. But a great call uh, last minute for Bob Bender, our producer, Detroit Red Wings. He actually didn't mention it on the show, but this is an example of why you got to hit Bob up for his afternoon advice. See what he's feeling once he knows all the rules, because he came by our desk yesterday, Bobby, and you said, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to think that the Red Wings are going to end their losing streak. Great call, buddy. I wish I had the epiphany during the show, but as the day went on and I kept looking at the board and I kept thinking to myself, it was just time for the Red Wings to win. At some point, they're going to win a game. They Mm -hmm. just got their doors blown off by Winnipeg. Now Winnipeg goes to Detroit. Listen, great value. I wish someone hit me up on Twitter and asked me about the Pittsburgh-Columbus game, and I I, saw I got a little bit out of the box, and I told them, listen, if you think Columbus has a chance to win, which I did, and listen, the game went into overtime, they lost one nothing. Mm-hmm. maybe take Columbus on the alternate line, minus 1.5, which would have paid out like plus 375, plus 400. Unfortunately, that didn't hit, but my Red Wings play did hit, and imagine, just imagine, if you took the Red Wings on the alternate line there. <laughs> I guarantee you they were plus 200 straight up. Oh they might have been plus 600, plus 650 <laughs> on the alternate line. I think they won 5-2. The Ronick empty netter was an incredible goal too. You know, yeah. Rarely do you see that. Crease to other crease doesn't even hit the ice into the into the yeah. net. But hey, listen, value spots, you know, because when you lose a value game like that, it doesn't really bother you. You know, if I lost $25 on the Red Wings last night, doesn't bother me but if you lose $25 on the Sharks where they're minus 160 it bothers you yeah then you feel sick to your stomach but of course the Red Wings and all streaks come to an end so it's a great lesson to not take these teams lightly and DFS and especially gambling because you'll you'll uh, make up money there for weeks of uh, other bets so I really like that call and for Detroit he mentioned Philip Ronick who's on a 45 point pace right now very quietly through all this mess uh, there's also Philip Zadina who had a breakout game uh, for the Red Wings and he's playing on power play one without Mantha so uh, somebody to consider for the cheap DFS slates yeah he is someone to consider it's just tough with the Red Wings because yeah they scored five goals yesterday but they pretty much scored two or fewer almost every game so yeah. really how much value are you going to get there but you're right. If 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 it, you'll win, if if it hits, you'll win. And you have a guy like that. So no, it's true. And then uh, Robbie Fabry kept it going as well. He's close to a point per game uh, since the trade. And then you have, of course, uh, in DFS plus minus doesn't count. That's what's like. I had Fabry in one of my leagues. I had to cut the cord because he was minus twelve over a you know five to seven game stretch. But if you're in a points only league or a league that doesn't count. Uh, plus minus against you, these are actually decent options to stream. Yeah, because Detroit, I mean, Athanasi was like minus 33 and... Uh, worst in the league, That's, right? that's worst in the league. <laughs> he, he could be minus 50. He'll probably be something like that when the season's done. But Anthony Mantha's coming back soon. It's the same thing. For DFS, he's, he's perfectly fine because he scores and the other things aren't going to hurt you. So what do you think about how uh, Montreal's goaltending's playing? Uh, Primo got his first win the other day. Carey Price has won three in a row. We mentioned the Atlantic Division struggles, and the Sabres and the Habs are taking advantage of uh, the woes right now for Tampa and for uh, Toronto and some of these other teams. This is obviously Price's crease. It's going to be, but it was nice to see the rookie goalie get his first win. My guess would be Carey Price starts tomorrow mm-hmm. again against the Red Wings. But, you know, Primo, if, if he's playing, whether it's tomorrow or in the future, you saw what he did in that one game. You know, it's it's very early, but he's a guy where you can say he's going to be pretty cheap. We'll see what he does. Montreal's been playing better, so I would I'd say sure. Why not take a shot? 
and he got the win against Ottawa, it was, right? So one guy from Ottawa that we wanted to give a shout-out, Anthony Duclair, has joined the top 200 rankings this week. Actually ranked second on the Senators in goals, points, and shots on goal. So yet another example of a guy that has played most of his career, right, and is in the bottom six and is taking advantage of a big role and maybe uh, can parlay it into a new contract down the road. I personally thought the way... Ottawa's playing now is going to they were going to play the way Detroit's been playing, you know, seven wins, 20 something losses, but they played really well under DJ Smith and you're right, when those guys get the chances, we know how well Pajot is doing, but you said Duclair, you throw him up there and look at what he's done after he's bounced around a couple of teams without as much success, now he's he's flourishing there. And a couple multi-point games this week alone, and he faces one of his many former teams, the Blue Jackets here. So maybe get a piece if you're doing the afternoon slate, get a piece of Duclair. He's close to lineup lock territory right now. The Rangers, huge. We mentioned it er earlier. What a third period. Uh, They scored four goals to beat the Sharks the day after the coaching change, so really rocked their world a little bit. And it was all Panarin and Zabanajad playing together on the same line. They accounted for, what, five of their six goals? It's really hard to go against these guys right now, especially Panarin. I think he's got 41 points. Would we be surprised if he was the leading scorer in the NHL at the end of the season? What, is he only five or six back right now? It seems he scores multi-points every game. Yeah, Panarin and Jack Eichel are making a real push uh, to catch up to McDavid and Drysaddle, Pasternak, guys like that. So major shout-outs to those guys because they have been carrying. I guarantee the teams out there that have Panarin, I have him in one of my leagues, you're in the top half of your fantasy league largely because of those guys, Panarin and Eichel. The only thing for me is they're playing Anaheim tomorrow. We know how tough those California trips are. They just Mm -hmm. played the Sharks and beat them after losing to the Kings. But... I still think the Rangers are going to win, but I don't know we'll necessarily see three you know, points for either of those guys, personally. What a night for Georgiev, too, and also Tristan Jari, as that debate continues. Uh, both really uh, made a great case for each other, and uh, Tristan Jari, third shutout in four games. I mean, this is incredible what this guy is doing uh, for the Penguins. A one nothing overtime win for Pittsburgh. You don't see that very much anymore. There were two games yesterday that were one nothing overtime because the Canucks beat Carolina right, right. also, which is very rare. You don't usually have the 0-0 going into OT. But <laughs> going back to Pittsburgh, I don't know if they can really throw Matt Murray in there now with, with confidence and even saying Jar- he had three shutouts in four games. Uh, can you really say, hey, Jar, you're sitting tomorrow when we play the Kings? I don't know that you can. Right, and Malkin didn't play because of an illness. That was another th- example of why you should uh, – Pay attention leading up to puck drop because Malkin was out. People were asking, should I leave Rust in my lineup? We said yes, and he ended up scoring the winning goal, so that was a great call by us. But, uh, yeah, even without Malkin, without Crosby, Jari has been the spark plug for them and could get another shutout, we should add, against the L.A. Kings at home on Saturday, right? Like I said, I think he has to start that game. you got to ride him while he's hot. Murray hasn't been playing well. But you're right, against the Kings, what are they going to score at most two goals? So <laughs> I think that's a Jari would be, I would definitely look at him and see his price tomorrow. And he's probably one of the top three, four options for the DFS slate tomorrow. And the opposing goalie, Jonathan Quick, is actually playing pretty well over his past like 10, 15 starts. And the Kings won a road game at Anaheim. So maybe they could move over their home success to the road, but I don't see it happening here against Pittsburgh on Saturday. Thing is, with Quick, now his price is going to be very low just because his numbers aren't great, even though, like you said, he's been playing better recently. So mm-hmm. 
it would be an against the green pick because not many people are going to have him tomorrow. But I ha- you have to think Pittsburgh's going to going to win that game with ease. And another Davy Watch game, Caps at Lightning. I assume, right? I mean, the way Stamkos is playing, the way the Caps are playing, uh, this is a great clash uh, between a a couple of teams that met uh, deep into the playoffs two years ago. Wouldn't be surprised if it happened again this year. I actually was looking at Stamkos' numbers. I think he's got a goal in four straight games after, you know, a pretty slow start. But you're right, the teams met two years ago in the conference final, took to game seven. I think it's probably going to be a high-scoring game. But also, look at Washington, how well they've played. But when Backstrom, since he came back, it's like the, he, he just goes in there seamlessly and nothing. he was never missing. But he's, a, he's almost a point-per-game guy himself, too. I know the Bruins are struggling right now, uh, winless in the past five. But it was good for, a, for someone who has some confidence in the Lightning over the long haul as they get to the playoffs when it matters most. It was nice to see them get up for that game and see Stamkos in the zone. I mean, some of his wristers in that game scored two goals. Really impressive. Looked like the Stamkos from 10 years ago, and I feel like you don't see that as often anymore. So a uh, big boost there for Tampa Bay. I was surprised because, we know, after last season, the Lightning said, well, we're not, we don't care about the regular season. It's just about the playoffs. But they have to make the playoffs in order for that to yep. happen. And like you said, they woke up for that game against the Bruins. So maybe it's going to take, hey, we're playing Washington. We'll wake up for that game too. And, yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think, will have a tough time here with the Capitals. Are the Capitals the best team in the league? And I think the their wings right now, whether it's like, oh, she's been on a tear. Vron has been amazing at even strength, one of the best in the league. Even Tom Wilson. Like, How do you choose between those three wings uh, right now for the Caps? Well, first of all, they are the best team in the NHL. They haven't lost two games in regulation back-to-back, which no other team wow. has done. But... It's really tough to choose. I, I usually alternate. I personally like Verona just because, to me, he seems to sc- he seems to get on the score sheet the most. And we know what he does. He scores. Like Wilson, he could do those other things. Maybe he'll fight or something, but that don't really count for you, even though, yes, he can score who he plays with. But for me, I usually look at Jacob Verona or TJ Oshie first. And check out Rob Reese's. He's not here to plug his own story, but uh, he wrote a nice behind-the-numbers column on Jacob Vrana, how he can sustain this success uh, for a guy that doesn't always get the first power play opportunities. It's been a wonder to watch this guy break out for the full-fledged breakout that we've been waiting for for a number of years, I think. Yeah, we're in a work league, Pete. That's points only, and I've had Vrana, and he's a guy where at first I didn't start him because I said, really, how many points is he going to score each week? But now he's a lot. Every week he's in my lineup because he was a star of the week a few weeks ago. He's he's scoring. He's doing other things, but the points is what all that mattered for us, and he's doing he's doing that and more. For sure. Um, so for the Flyers, they're going to visit the Wild as we get to the last couple of games of the slate on Saturday. Carter Hart was uh, more than respectable the other night at Colorado, and he faces the Wild, who uh, had a big win over the Oilers on Thursday night. The Wild right now are clicking. Eric Stahl ended up playing in that game, and that line has been really strong lately. Eric Stahl, Jason Zucker, Matt Zuccarello. I feel like they're just underrated. Like I even look at those names, and they don't wow me. They don't excite me, but they're viable in DFS and especially the season long. 
We talked about this a few days ago. I mean, Minnesota, when the season started, I think you said Zuccarello was the first and only wild forward drafted, and he was, what, in the lower 100s? Yeah. And if you look I at them know. now, the way they've been Crazy. playing and the way they played yesterday against the Oilers, it's time to consider these guys, and they're also going to be pretty fairly cheap in DFS. So I think you definitely have to look at them tomorrow against the Flyers. What do you think of if Carter Hart gets the call, which we assume he will, uh, what's your level of confidence in him? Because the Flyers, like I was even saying to Bob the other night uh, when he was talking about the Flyers as an underdog, the Flyers are not the same team on the road this season. And it, he's a young goalie. Uh, sometimes he gets hung out to dry on the road. Uh, didn't happen so much the other night, but it's just like the trend of the season so far. Flyers are a lead at home, not so much on the road. I would take Minnesota at home. I think you're right. We've seen him on the road. He struggled in some of those games. He came back to Edmonton, where he's from, right? And I think he allowed five goals and got pulled or something. So the road has been tough for him. So I like Minnesota tomorrow. Real quick on the Flyers, although they lost that game in Colorado, they played pretty nice hockey. In fact, mm -hmm. in fact, in the first period there, they survived the first period. It was one nothing. Could have been a lot worse. And then in the second period, they came out and really dominated the entire second period. Unfortunately, they could not get one past Fransu, who was incredible, right? Fransu, is that how you yeah. pronounce it? And so then I've heard a couple of different pronunciations. I've heard Pavel Fransou. Mm -hmm. we gotta, we got to get to the bottom of what the correct pronunciation is for him. But he's been great. He was very good. And then Colorado got that second goal, and then that was it. And then the Flyers, you knew they were going to lose that game at that point because they just needed to even it up at one. I actually like the Flyers. I like the way they played. And I, and I really think that they want to, as Pete mentioned, they're better at home than they are on the road. I think they're really hungry to kind of change that trend. And the one thing about Carter Hart – he has to stop with the puck handling. He needs to just cover up or quickly decide, get it to his defenseman. He is very sloppy handling the puck and was fortunate to not give up some goals based off of his puck handling. That is a, a young goalie that needs to understand what his strengths are and what his strengths are not, and he is not strong at handling the puck. Just cover up if you have to. Just cover up, worry about stopping the pucks, and don't get fancy there with the puck and the stick handling because you're not good at it. Yeah, sometimes better safe than sorry for a young goalie like that, especially in the road environments. That's a good point, Bobby. Uh, so, yeah, the Flyers at the Wild, I will probably – I think you convinced me there, Bob. I think I would go against the grain. I'm a big Flyers guy this season, and I think – in order for them to be considered among the elite teams, which they're close to right now, not quite there, they have to extend that success away from home. And they also need to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And this yep. is a case where I know the Wild are playing better, but the Flyers, this is a game where they're supposed to win this. So you're right. If, if they want to prove they're one of the best, they need to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. So your three-team parlay hit, mine did not because of the Chicago Blackhawks and because of the uh, Arizona Coyotes who came out firing, led 3-0 after the first period on Thursday. And what a performance by Clayton Keller, a guy we've been waiting for, uh, for him to bust out and bounce back after his rookie season, underwhelming last year. Two goals, 12 shots for Clayton Keller. How much differently do you view him after a performance like this well I think that could be the highest number of shots we've seen on goal in a few years but you're right he's a guy where I've always liked him but it just seemed like he it wasn't he wasn't producing as we thought he could especially the rookie season he was you know a, a finalist but for the Calder Trophy but you're right yesterday's performance 
he's not going to have 12 shots on goal or score twice every game, but he looked really good and made me say, if this guy can produce, we know how good the Coyotes are defensively and in goal. If they can have a guy, they haven't had a guy that scored like, what, 70 points or whatever in a long time. If this guy can produce, count me in. And the Blackhawks, just to touch on them, they're coming into that range like with Tampa Bay where you just can't get a great pulse on that team. You think they're down and out, they beat the Bruins on the road. You think they have some road appeal because some of the narratives and the way they've been playing, and they lay a stinker in Arizona with a lot of their home fans in the building. So that's a team that I would put on my list at least for the next week or two that I am not touching from a gambling standpoint, the Chicago Blackhawks. There's one player on Chicago, Jonathan Taze. I was like, he's got three goals in five games. Mm-hmm. He had been really struggling, and now it seems like maybe he's he could be a guy where I'm saying he might be starting to pick it up. He's not going to be as expensive as some of the other centers in the contest, so I might be pick him up, but you're right. Chicago has just been, they're like Jekyll and Hyde. Some of these games they look like Stanley Cup champions, and the other games they look like the worst team in the NHL. And the Blackhawks visit the Blues, who bounced back uh, against Vegas on Thursday. Any thoughts on this game? Are you just watching Blackhawks Blues or Blues take care of business here? I think the Blues will, but they've been struggling too. They've lost what three or four, in, you know, in a row. <laughs> and this is a obviously a huge rivalry game. St. Louis is usually the underdog here because Chicago has won all the cups and is their biggest rival. And now the Blues won last year, and I think they're out to prove, hey, we won, and we're going to keep this this trend going. But I'm definitely going to be watching the game. But after last night, I had a couple Blues. They didn't really do much, so I think I'm going to give them a couple games before I before I gauge and you know maybe take another one. And Bennington got the win, so any thoughts of him, uh, you know, falling behind in the race with Jack oh, with Jake Allen, uh, I think can be thrown into the trash can here because <laughs> he's he's a great goalie, top five guy without a doubt uh, in fantasy this season. And then uh, yeah, for the Vancouver Canucks, they're going to play the Sharks. Uh, the Sharks, uh, you know. Starting a seven-game homestand in that fashion, losing that way, you got to bounce back quickly against team in your same division. Uh, that's e- even more important right now for the Sharks. I mean, after the coaching change, this is how it was lined up for them. They had seven games at home. They're, they're a good home team. This is supposed to be the springboard for them. And what happens yesterday? They cannot have what happened against the Rangers happen against the Canucks at home again. Yeah, that was not a coincidence. Let's say that, right? Got back from the long road trip where they went winless and they did that at this time that's a really good point Davey uh, to try to get this train back on on the tracks but yep San Jose's power play we mentioned they were um, one for 30 over the past 12 games entering that game they went 0 for 2 so what can they do to improve this power play do they put Joe Thornton up there do they put Timo Meyer up there do they put Burns and Carlson out there together maybe I would say I actually like the Burns and Carlson thing because they're two of the greatest defensemen with the shots. They generate the chances. They obviously, you know, they don't have a Pavelski guy who's going to tip the shots, but Hurdle is kind of becoming that guy. But you're right. You have to just try anything. Thornton, I mean, what's wrong with Marlowe? Try anything at this point. If you're not <laughs> scoring, I mean, you have the players. They have the roster. This should not be the case. It's frustrating to, to watch. I can't imagine being there and struggling like this. Yeah, and I saw they had a minus 17 goal differential in the third period entering the Ranger game. So that's probably minus 20 right now. I haven't checked. 
checked, but uh, we saw how that went down. 43-save shutout for Jacob Markstrom. He's been off the ice because of personal reasons, but uh, big performance from him. And with Thatcher Demko now out, what does he have, a concussion or injury that he sustained at practice? How do you view Jacob Markstrom? Because he's been like either in the top 25 goalies barely or just out, but he's there hasn't been much separation from Markstrom in the top 25. I think Markstrom now, you definitely have to consider him. He should be in the top 25. But interesting to note, yesterday a story came out from Sportsnet where the general manager of the Canucks, Jim Benning, said, we want a top six forward and we want to sign Jacob Markstrom because he can be a free agent after the season. <laughs> you think Markstrom maybe saw that? He had a 43-safe shutout and says... I'm playing well. He's been there for like six years or something. Remember, he was the guy they acquired when they traded Roberto Luongo. I don't know how many people remember that, but they traded Roberto Luongo to get him. So, And after having Schneider and Luongo, where they gave up on both of them, you know, I'm sure Benning says, this is a guy we traded for. We want him to do well. And so far, he's shown like he can be a number one. He started 60 games each of the last two years. So this isn't a fluke. Yeah, that's a big vote of confidence when your boss uh, says they might want to st- keep you around for the next uh whatever three to five years he didn't say that time frame but that's what we're talking about for markstrom and he's having one of the best years of his career and could certainly uh lead the canucks to the playoffs in that division wouldn't be far-fetched all right boys as much as i'm uh, enthralled by the vancouver canucks jacob <laughs> markstrom conversation it's time for your dfs lineups for listen Give me something for Friday. I know not a lot of folks are playing DFS on Friday. And like I said, if you're playing DFS tonight, I'm I'm a little concerned for you, but we're <laughs> going to do our job and we're going to provide some players for tonight and Saturday and then some best bets for both Friday and Saturday if you see something. Don't force it. I mean, you have to like it if you're going to throw it out there. Premium plays. We'll start with Peter. So for Friday, if you're going to build a lineup, you have to go with one of the two underdogs. And here are some opportunities to do that, in addition to building your lineup around Miro Heiskanen, like I said. So you got Chandler Stevenson right now for the Vegas Golden Knights playing with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. Go, on, go ahead and stack that duo because uh, a coaching change can do wonders, but it doesn't solve every problem. And I think the Dallas Stars might be due for a home loss here. So maybe Vegas has some against-the-grain appeal here, and you could stack Stevenson with one of his two productive line mates. Then for the Devils, I saw Nico Heischer was uh, practicing yesterday, back on the ice at least. Keep an eye out for him. He was playing really well before his illness slash injury. So those are couple of ways to tap into the uh, against the grain value for Friday night, I think. Davey? For Friday, I was looking at, uh, as you we mentioned Matt Calvert, who was a forward, Colorado. I'll take him above those other guys. And the only other guy I'm looking at, defenseman for the Devils, Sammy Votnin. He's been their best defenseman. You mentioned plus minus doesn't count. He scores in the power play. He takes a lot of shots. He blocks shots, which are all things that count mm-hmm. in DFS. So he's a guy I'd say not many people are going to have him I would slide him in there if I want to go against the grain. And let's not forget that the Avalanche are going to put up some goals against the sure. Devils. So whether you take Landeskog, McKinnon, or Rantanen, stack them with uh, Sam Girard as a cheap defenseman. Has not scored yet since uh, Kale McCarr went down, but I think he's due. Uh, he's playing big minutes on the power play and also even strength. The other day I was talking about him on the network after he played almost 24 minutes in that game. So now let's switch gears to Saturday here. I think the Island 
Islanders are going to stop the Sabres streak. Sabres have points in eight of their past nine, but the Islanders are a different animal. I'm not going to bet against them in this game. I think they stop the Jack Eichel streak, and I think they win the game. If looking for Saturday, I'm saying who who is the one team that I looked at that I said I would be honestly shocked if they lose <laughs> is obviously Montreal because they're playing at home. They're playing Detroit, and Detroit won yesterday. Yeah, but. I'm looking at the Vancouver San Jose game tomorrow and I'm saying this is a must the Sharks this is a must win game for them. They have to win this game. They cannot lose after what happened uh against the Rangers. The Canucks had a great game but they didn't score any goals. They scored one goal in overtime. So tomorrow I'm ta- I'm taking the Sharks. That's the they have to win. They're, I'm circling that. That's my that's my lock. Uh, they have to win, but they might not necessarily win. That's the problem. The pressure continues to mount with each game. I mean, what are they, what are they going to turn to if they lose this game? So you can't really do much else. Uh, you can't fire another coach. So it, it's it's a tough uh, it's a tough predicament that they're in. The longer that this homestand goes south, throw out some uh, DFS plays, ping pong some players before we put a bow on the Friday program. Peter, what do you got? So I think the most obvious one here is because I was saying Tristan Jari could get another shutout, I think he'll most certainly get the win. I would think Malkin would be back after two days to rest with his illness. Hopefully he's back. Either way, Brian Rust is a great play. I would stack those two wing, top line for Pittsburgh, and their top goaltender, who's the hottest goaltender in the league right now. Um, I think the Blues, you can, you know, you can look. I saw Joss, Justin Falk got on the score sheet. Petrangelo's pretty, playing pretty well right now. I think uh, Petrangelo should be in your lineup. He's worth spending up for for the St. Louis Blues. Arizona, one thing I wanted to touch on, Jacob Chikrin is outperforming Oliver ekman Larson right now, and it's, it kind of sucks in the league that I'm in. I have OEL. I want to drop him. I would love to pick him up. I would love to pick up Chikrin, but Chikrin's already owned, so I'm in a tough spot there. Well, I've been looking at a couple of players here. First of all, the one forward I want Saturday is Philip Forsberg on Nashville because Dallas, second of a back-to-back for them. We haven't really talked about Forsberg, but he's playing pretty well, I mean, even if they're uh-huh. not winning. So I want him as a forward wing um, defense. I want to take a guy that Rob had yesterday in Minnesota, Carson Susi. Saucy. I don't know how to pronounce Susie. that. Susi. I saw Susie. that. He had two assists. Two assists yesterday. It was a good call by Robbie. hundred dollars. I mean, that's really great value for someone like that. And then as far as the goalie, I'm going with whoever Calgary throws out against Carolina. Probably Riddick, but they're on a tear right now. They're not even. Allow- I think they're allowing two or fewer goals and you know four straight, five straight. So coaching change. Everything's been going well since since they did that, so I'll take the Calgary goalie on Saturday. And don't forget about this other game, two of the top offenses in the league, Toronto Maple Leafs at the Oilers on Saturday. Do not go anywhere near Edmonton's goaltending right now. Koskinen had a bad game the other day against Carolina. He was the one that allowed that... uh, you know, from the blue line, that goal by Dougie Hamilton. And then Mike Smith was even worse, allowing six goals at the Wild. I mean, where does the Wild defense and goaltending go from here? I wouldn't want them in fantasy anymore. No, I agree with you. Ten goals or whatever in two games. So Oilers, goalies, you got to stay away. But Toronto-Edmonton, that'll be high scoring, so might want to take some forwards in that for DFS. And get Matt Zuccarello into your lineup, please. I mean, he's in the top 200 overall players this week once again. I think he has a chance to stay there for the rest of the season. He should be owned in standard leagues again. Start to view him more like the player you viewed last year when he was hot with the Rangers and when he got traded to Dallas before his injury. So great show, Davey. Yeah, we did it. Who needs Rob? Looks like we filled in nicely here. Uh, 
Bob, you step up to the first line here, and it was great. Great show. Like it. So we'll be back with Robbie next week. Reminder to check out all the other podcasts in the podcast network at the rink again with Rick Bonus and Sean Rourke, Dan Rosen, Puck Culture, Jackie Redmond. A really good show this week as well. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks so much for listening to NHL Fantasy on Ice. For Satriano, Bender, Jensen, talk to you next week.